Welcome to this week's podcast from Free Chapel in Orange County. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information, check out our website at freechapel.org. But I want to read this story for you quickly before um, we, we move on to our, our, uh, our prayer. Um, in, Phyllis, in, uh, in, in Philistines, in the Philistines, um, the story heading on my Bible is the Philistines, the Philistines or Philistines, however you say it, uh, defeated. In verse 8, 14, 1 Chronicles 14, verse 8. Now, when the Philistines heard that David had been anointed king over Israel, all the Philistines or Philistines, which would you prefer me to say? Philistines, raise your hand. I thought this is going to bug me the whole story. Philistines, give me a hand raise. Three of you. Philistines. Okay, there we go. Philistines have it. The Philistines heard that David had been anointed king over all Israel. All the Philistines went up to search for David. And David heard of it and went out against them. This is the first verse as it comes in to talk about a battle. But what jumped out at me was how this began. It says that the moment the Philistines, Philistines or Philistines? Which one are we say? Philistines. My apologies. The moment the Philistines, it says the moment that they heard that David had been positioned in that position he was given. This is before he does it. It doesn't say they heard he was coming after them. It doesn't say they heard he had plans to take out their ground or their territory. It doesn't say just the moment that they heard that he was placed in the position he was given, the enemy came out after them. And that jumped out at me, church, because I believe when you get a revelation of the anointing and the position God has given you, you have to understand it's just how the kingdom of God works. The touch that's upon your life, the purpose that's upon your life, it's going to attract the attention of hell. Whether you like it or not. I want to tell you this morning, you are not as well. It doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter how long you've been doing this. It doesn't matter whether you think your race is finished over and done. If there's still a heart beating in your chest, there's still a purpose upon your life. That God's anointing, purpose and destiny is upon your life for such a time as this. And understand that that's God, when God's anointing is the type of anointing that upsets the enemy. You've got a calling that's upon your life. You're a supernatural beings. Therefore, you've got a supernatural calling upon your life and it's going to stir the enemy's camp a little bit. So don't get surprised when you face some attacks sometimes. You've heard me say it before that if you don't sometimes face the enemy, check yourself, maybe you're walking in the same direction he is. That you have to understand the reason why you face the opposition is that this it's just a calling that's upon your life. It's upsetting the enemy. It says that the moment they heard, they came out after him. There was a plan. There was a strategy to take out David. 
we don't talk about it a lot. We talk about it in regard to the kingdom of God, that God has a plan. God has a strategy. It's true. But understand the enemy also has a plan and strategy for your life. John 10.10 tells us that Satan came to kill, steal and destroy. The Satan is quite clever and quite subtle in his plan to try and stop you from stepping into your calling and your purpose and your destiny. That he will bring subtle schemes, subtle attacks to often just try and get you off track, to get you off course, to rattle you a little bit, to frustrate you a little bit, to get you upset, to get you disgruntled, to get you taking your eyes off what God has called you to do. And maybe your eye gets your focus on bickering with the person next to you. Or maybe get your focus on desiring other things of the world that you shouldn't be focused on. Hear my heart, church. I'm not saying going after things and Growing your business and building things and whatever it might be, they're all good and great. But they become sin when they take your eye God has called you to do. It's keeping fixed upon the call of God for your life and the plan and purpose that He has for your life is not a small thing. You might think, well, Ben, I don't have, I don't, I don't have, a, I don't have a, a congregation to preach to. You might not have a congregation, but you may have a work colleague you can share your faith with. You might not have a crowd. You might not have a conference to go and sing in front of, but you've got a family member that you can encourage and stir their faith in. I want to tell you that the moment you begin operating in your call, as small as it might be, the moment you step into your call, your anointing, your gifting, the touch of God comes upon it. I want to tell you it's a powerful thing because we water down sometimes what we're called to do. We think it doesn't mean much. What am I called? What am I just going to reach out to this guy? Or just encourage, encourage this person? What is that, God? That's not, that's not a call. I want to tell you something is powerful. Might not seem like much in your hands, but when you put it in God's hands, God will touch it. I've been before, I've, I've, I've had different people before will come up sometimes and, and, and encourage Particular people in this room in our church that there's sometimes, you know, I can think of particular people that will come up and Pastor Javon and I have talked about it before. I think of the Boyds sitting over there and sometimes they'll, they'll grab me in, in the, in the lobby and, and I'll be down there and they'll just say to me, listen, I want to tell you, you're doing good. Now listen, you may think, well, that's just, we think something like that. We think, well, that's nice. Isn't that nice? Go along the young guy and say, you're doing good. They've got no idea what they're doing in that moment. First time I first came here, I didn't know what the heck I was doing. Still don't. Caressa and I, we came. 
And we started running the, the, the campus and, and, and started preaching. And then I arrived in, in, in Australia, in, in, from Australia, arrived in the US in, in December. I think it was December the 14th. Didn't have a bank account. Didn't have a telephone number. Didn't have a social security number. Didn't have a driver's license. Didn't have a house. Had no idea what we were doing. We took over the church. We just, I'd been leading a youth ministry, hadn't been leading a church. Felt like, what are we doing? Cresta and I, we got here in December. We got engaged in February. We got married in May. It was this crazy season. I'm trying to prepare sermons and, and trying to work out how to connect with the culture and things were different and things that I didn't understand. But I thank God that there were some people that were obedient to something that seemed so small and so insignificant. I'm going to go up to this crazy Australian kid that doesn't even know what he's doing. And I'm going to say, you know what? You're doing good. I'm not saying this church to pump you up. I'm using this as an example of something that we think is so small. So insignificant. But in that moment, because someone is stepping out, operating in a gift of encouragement, the supernatural touch of God gets upon it and it, then it does and performs something supernatural in that moment. You got no idea what the right encouraging word in the right moment directed by God will shut down attack of the enemy over somebody's life. When somebody feels just like giving up, when someone feels, I don't know what I'm doing, I'm, I'm full of fear, I'm, I'm freaking out. How are we going to do this? Someone coming in with a small word saying, listen, you keep your head straight. God's put you here. God's hands upon you and you're doing a good job. I want to tell you something supernatural is unleashed from heaven. And what is it? Just someone operating in the gift and the callless upon their life. Maybe we're about to pray for you. Maybe you say, I'm just a, I'm just a school teacher. I've got these snotty-nosed bratty kids. They drive me crazy. I want to slap them half the time. You're called. You're called by God. You've got no idea what you're raising up there. You've got no idea what you're speaking into their life. You've got no idea what you're pouring out over them. There's a call of God. Upon your life. Ask the Lord to show you. So God, what have, what, what have you given me? What have you called me to do? You're not done with. It's not over. You're not, it's not finished. It's not too late. You're not on the wrong track. As quick as you got off the wrong track, if you are, you can get back on the right track. It's about stepping into the call of God that's upon your life. And David, as David stepped into this call, David heard of it. Look at this. David hears of the attack. And the moment David hears of this attack, the Bible says, he went out against them. He took He's, he heard that there was an, an attack coming and he took his position, a position of strength, ready 
to fight. You've got to understand, church, that you have to know what it is to take your position. That we do not, Paul put it like this, he said, we are not of those who shrink back. We are not of those when we feel like things are coming against us and you feel like the the business is under attack or you feel like your finances are under attack or your family is going through some things. I want to tell you that's the time to take your position. That's the time to take your ground. That's the time to get in your Word and remind yourself of who you are as a son or daughter of God and say, I am not going to shrink back and let the enemy come in and rob anything from me or my family. I'm taking my ground. Too often we have these weak, watered down little Christians. At the moment, things get difficult. We run and hide and we say, well, it just got too hard. That's the moment because the moment the enemy comes, there's an opportunity for you to advance. That's where you take your ground. That's where you take that stand. I was out walking. Two days ago, I was out walking and and praying. And uh, and, uh, I was out praying. And, and I'm walking along and, and I start praying and, and Holy Spirit, He said, start praying over, over, uh, over your family. So I start praying for Chris. I, I start praying for Luca. It was so weird because I start praying for him and then I'm walking down, down the footpath and then, and then coming up the road, I hear this horn beeping and I look and, and it's my wife. I thought, what's she doing? I left my phone, I leave my phone at home. She comes beeping, she pulls up. As, as I'm praying, she comes screeching up and she says, we've got to go take him to the hospital. He's been throwing up. He's got 103 temperature. I look at the back. Luca is like ghost white. This is, this is as I'm praying. I thought, devil, you mangy, stinking punk. If I could. We jump in the car. We go straight down to the hospital. Caressa has, has a history of. Of, of kidney. She's had, she had kidney surgery when she was young. She's had a lot of kidney infections and challenges there. And she, you know, we, you know, had talked to the doctor, you know, they, they said this is a hereditary thing that it could follow. And they said if it's something like a kidney, if he battles with kidney infections, he'll get, you know, it will start like this. He'll start to get fevers. And that's how, and, and Caressa said, I pray in Jesus' name, it's not that. And it made me so mad. That the enemy would try and come. How dare when I'm out praying? You think you think while I'm out praying, you're gonna try and come in and attack my kids, you punk? I feel like saying something I shouldn't. You'll forgive me though, won't you? It's got to come something that stirs within us that when we know, we recognise when it's time to stand. We recognise now is not the time to shrink back. Now is not the time for me to sit in the car and start worrying, well, what if it's this and it could be this and poor little kid. No, it's not that. God, I give you glory. I thank you for your hand upon him. I thank you for protection. I thank you for covering. I bind every attack of the enemy now in Jesus Christ's name. I speak confusion into your plans and I release the healing power of Jesus Christ. Church, you've got to know 
when it's time to stand. Give God praise if you know that you got something that's worth fighting for, something that's worth shaking the gates of hell and saying, you are not coming in my house. You gotta know when it's time to fight. Nothing frustrates me more. Caressa and I were talking about it. This one of those demonic movies came on, the advertisement came on, on the TV. Chris hates anything, anything that's even remotely scary. You know, some people love scary movies, which I think we need to pray for you. But, my, but Caressa, Caressa, my wife, she hates anything even remotely scary. If she even sees the, the preview for it, even the preview, she often she can wake up with like nightmares, you know, for, for nights and nights. She just doesn't, doesn't like it at all. Do you know what? frustrates me the most about those those different movies is they so elevate the power of the demonic do you ever notice that if you ever is that, have you seen it? it's always the demonic is doing on this thing it was like like i forget some something came into to the house or whatever stupid thing it was and then pictures started falling off the wall like you know i'm like I'll be more annoyed that it made a mess. I'll be like, what are you doing? You're like, I've got to pick that up, you freak. Uh, but then what I hate is this little priest, about 400-year-old, has got this mangy little pathetic little crucifix he's holding in his hand. You ever seen those things that he comes up? And he's trying to see, this is how Hollywood paints this picture. Like the demonic is more powerful than our Jesus. I hate that picture because the story I read about, one Jesus defeated the whole entire hell demon Lucifer himself, one drop of the blood of Jesus. I don't serve a Jesus that has to come shaken up with some little carved out crucifix with Jesus hanging on a cross. Let me tell you something, church. My crucifix doesn't have Jesus on the cross. He came off the cross, went down to hell, defeated death, hell and the grave and came back victorious. Know what it is to stand and take your ground. Give God praise if you know you serve a God. He's victorious. It's the blood of Jesus. I feel the Lord this morning. We're going to pray. We need to pray. David, verse 10. David's a fighter. He knows what he's doing. He'd been out in the field. He had had that sling. You ever seen a real live lion before? David, think about it. Killing a lion. Just with a stone. Bare hands. David, small boy, ran out. Ran out and took out Goliath. Goliath, who had been intimidating. Full-fledged warriors. Not David. David, a little boy, wasn't intimidated by it. David knew, listen, David... He'd fought some battles. He knew how to fight. He took his ground. He went up. He took his position where he needed to be. But look at what he does. Before he goes out in the strength that he has, 
And David inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I go up against the Philistines? He said, Lord, have you got this one? Because if you don't have it, I'm not going. I know I could do it in my own strength. I know I got some mighty men around me. But I don't want to do it in my own strength. If I do this, it's going to be I do it out of obedience to you and your word. What you tell me to do. This speaks to us the importance of what it is to be a praying person. Say, Lord, what he was saying is, Lord, touch me. Anoint me for this. Because I'm not going to do it in my own strength. This is what we're about to do, church, as we pray. We're going to release an anointing upon every single person, even upon our little kids. And we're going to declare over them that everywhere that they set their foot, God's going to give it to them. That as they go into that elementary school, the Holy Spirit's no respecter of persons. As they're going to go into that elementary school, they're going to carry the presence of God into those classrooms. And right across this room. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We hope you are blessed. 